48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, the government releases the latest batch of consumption vouchers. More people will now qualify for the wage subsidy scheme and COVID cases in Shanghai continue to climb. The government has released the latest batch of consumption vouchers. People using registered e-wallets, including Alipay, Tap and Go and WeChat Pay, will automatically get the full $5,000. Those who have opted to use Octopus can get $4,000 by tapping their cards, and they'll collect the remaining 1000 as soon as June 16th, provided they have spent the first installment. Lawrence Wan is in charge of retail property leasing at CBRE Hong Kong. He was asked whether today's release would have much of an economic impact. Uh, definitely, it will help um, the, the retail spending uh, atmosphere in Hong Kong uh, with the $66 billion, uh consumption voucher uh, releasing in the upcoming Q2 and Q3. Uh, definitely, it will help. Uh, however, uh, with the first batch to be released by today, uh, we will foresee that the effect will come out probably after the Easter holidays uh, when the um, social distance measure is eased. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she's relaxing requirements for companies to apply for funds under the wage subsidy scheme. Speaking at her daily COVID briefing, she said employers would be able to make applications for workers who earn more than $30,000 a month or part-time staff who earn less than 8000 Big enterprises not directly affected by the pandemic, which were previously ineligible, will also be able to apply for a maximum of 100 workers. Mrs. Lam spoke through an interpreter. For trades uh, which were not affected, for example, um, construction, uh, logistics, delivery or pharmacies, for businesses employing fewer than 50 employees, they would be eligible. For those employing more than 50 employees, they would not be eligible. We have received a lot of views concerning this point. We were criticized of being harsh. This time we have the um, restricted list. Those on the restricted list will be eligible. However, there will be a cap of 100 applicants. Meanwhile, Mrs. Lam was asked whether she supported former Chief Secretary John Lee's decision to enter the chief executive election race. The chief executive has due responsibility. He or she is responsible to the um, Central People's Government, but at the same time to the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. I also said on that occasion that the chief executive will need to have a very good grasp of this unique principle of one country, two systems, Hong Kong people administering Hong Kong, and a high degree of autonomy. And so whoever possesses these qualities, I'm sure, will be able to do the job well. And politicians have been brushing off concerns over John Lee's lack of experience in finance and other issues, saying his cabinet could help him should he eventually win the chief executive election. Yesterday, Mr. Lee resigned as chief secretary and declared his intention to run for Hong Kong's top job. Speaking on an RTHK show, Jeffrey Lam from the Business and Professionals Alliance said he thought Mr. Lee would be able to unite different sectors, revive the economy and strengthen Hong Kong's position as an international finance center. John Lee solved many cases when he was in the disciplined forces. Many cases are actually related to commerce. He had to understand about the running of the business sector. Therefore, he has communicated and cooperated with the business sector and other sectors in society. John Lee can find people who are familiar with different sectors to help him. But the only non-establishment member in the election committee, Tik Chi Yun, says John Lee has to think about how to broaden his appeal should he join the CE race. The third side lawmaker says the central government undoubtedly trusts Mr. Lee, but he still has to win the hearts of Hong Kong people, as the next CE has to mend social rifts.
You have to be responsible to the central government, but more importantly, you need public approval and the ability to promote Hong Kong's development because this is one country, two systems. Mr. Lee has long been responsible for work relating to national security or to the disciplined forces, and he has handled matters in a hardline way. But a CE should be both tough and soft, especially now that people want to see a harmonious society. I think he has to explain how he will promote harmony. The Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury says Hong Kong is still an attractive place to do business, but that vigilance is still needed because COVID cases remain high. Christopher Hoy made the comments in response to a question about concerns from the international business community about a possible brain drain due to the dynamic zero policy. He told Peter Lewis on RTHK's Money Talk program that the easing of some COVID measures, including the shortening of quarantine and changes to flight bans, were partly in response to business community concerns. I think apart from these short-term COVID restrictions, we also have to look at the broader picture in terms of what the opportunities and also what are the measures the government has and also the business community has embraced to have more businesses being done in Hong Kong. Because if you look at the structural benefits or the advantages of Hong Kong, uh, being in the heart of Asia, yet at the same time closely connected with the mainland, I think all these structural benefits are when we will continue to stay. And this is something that we also continuously work on in such a way that we will continue to be an appealing place for everybody who want to do business here. Do you think, even though we have a lot of um, benefits and a lot of structural benefits, as you say, um, we, didn't, we need to replace these people that are leaving? Do, does Hong Kong have the talent pool to do that? If you look at, like, for example, the latest policy address and also our budget, in fact, the word talent has been mentioned more than 50 times. And that really highlights the importance that we attach to talent. Because after all, Hong Kong is a small place, it's an open economy, and talent is our most important single asset, and that we need to treasure that. And insofar as financial services are concerned, which is our people interactions, that's easily more the case. And that's why if you whole look at the whole measures that we have put forward in terms of trying to groom our new sector, fintech, green finance, sustainability finance, and also at the same time how to train our existing people in the current business, IPO, um, equity market, bond market, all these measures will continue to be strengthened in such a way that Hong Kong will be appealing to everybody who want to do business here. Acting Home Affairs Minister Jack Chan says 89 distribution points have been set up across the city for people to get an anti-epidemic pack. The pack contains rapid test kits, face masks, and proprietary Chinese medicine. Mr. Chan said authorities had already delivered 3 million packs, but anyone who hadn't received one could go to a distribution point. Researchers from the University of Science and Technology say they've developed a new surface coating that can kill the Omicron variant and other pathogens. They say the coating can also prevent viruses and bacteria from remaining on surfaces, adding that the glossy and transparent material can be sprayed onto different surfaces, including electronic displays, even the lining of water pipes. Professor Yeung King Lung, who led the study, said the coating is also durable. There are many different potential applications of this technology, so we have to follow different industrial standards in terms of testing. And uh, the tests reveal that the technology can, even after three years of accelerated aging, they are actually performed quite well. Through another like company in uh, France, they did a service life study with a target of five-year service life, and uh, at the end of that exhaustive testing, they are able to demonstrate okay, that the technology still can kill the 
bacteria up to 99%. And then that of the viral particles, they can inactivate close to 90%. The number of coronavirus cases in Shanghai has continued to rise, with authorities reporting 19,660 local asymptomatic infections. There were also 322 new symptomatic cases, up from 311 recorded the previous day. Infections in Shanghai have pushed the national daily tally of local asymptomatic cases past 20,000. The National Health Commission said a total of 21,700 people had tested positive for COVID without showing symptoms, up from 19,089 the previous day. But the number of symptomatic cases dropped from 1,284 to 13. To, to 1,284 from 1,383, excuse me. A study of more than a million people who have had COVID in Sweden found an increased risk of blood clots lasting up to six months after their infection. The BBC's Philippa Roxby has the details. People who've been treated in intensive care for COVID-19 have 290 times the risk of developing a blood clot in the lung than they normally would, according to this study. They also have a 30-fold greater risk of deep vein thrombosis, or blood clots in the leg. Even those with mild infections had a slightly raised risk. The researchers from Sweden said their study highlighted the importance of being vaccinated against COVID-19 and the use of drugs to prevent dangerous blood clots. The United States and Britain have imposed new sanctions against major Russian banks and more members of the country's elite in response to alleged Russian atrocities in Ukraine. Announcing them, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said the U.S. authorities were intent on enforcing the sanctions and protecting U.S. interests. The Justice Department will continue to work alongside our international partners to hold accountable those who break our laws, threaten our national security, and harm our allies. Our message to those who continue to enable the Russian regime through their criminal conduct is this. It does not matter how far you sail your yacht. It does not matter how well you conceal your assets. It does not matter how cleverly you write your malware or hide your online activity. The Justice Department will use every available tool to find you disrupt your plots, and hold you accountable. The United States says it has trained a small number of Ukrainian soldiers on the use of an anti-tank drone called Switchblade. The Pentagon said the trainees had already been in the United States before Russia attacked Ukraine. A U.S. defense official, John Kirby, told the BBC the Pentagon plans to send 100 drones to Ukraine to bolster the fight against Russian forces. We've already sent in a hundred switchblade UAVs that were already in our stocks. They arrived earlier this week, so they'll be getting into Ukraine quickly if they aren't already there. That's the the 100 that President Biden announced uh, a couple of weeks ago. We're in discussions with the Ukrainians about future usages of uh, switchblade uh, drones, and, and of course we'll keep that option open going forward. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,803. That's 277 points down on the previous close. Turnover was $67 billion. In currency, one U.S. dollar will buy you 123.7 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and nine cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 24 cents. In sport, Real Madrid have taken control of their Champions League quarterfinal tie against the holders. Chelsea on a big night for Karim Benzema. Chelsea inside the opening 
minutes of this second half. He has his hat-trick. Real restore their two-goal advantage. They lead 3-1 on the night. And Chelsea only have themselves to blame. 3-1 was the way it finished at Stamford Bridge with Benzema accounting for all of the visitors' goals. In the other quarterfinal first leg, Villarreal were 1-0 winners over Bayern Munich. Reporting on all the action, the BBC's John Bennett. It's two hat-tricks in two Champions League games for Karim Benzema after another astonishing performance. He scored two headers in three first-half minutes before Kai Havertz pulled a goal back. Then just after half-time, Benzema made it three after a bad mistake by Edouard Mendy. Villarreal stunned Bayern Munich after just seven minutes when Arno Danjuma turned in Danny Parejo's shot and the underdogs thought they'd scored a second just before the break. Francis Coquelin's cross went in, but he was just offside. The second half was end-to-end, but Villarreal had the best chances. Gerard Moreno hit the post and he almost lobbed Bayern keeper Manuel Neuer from his own half. Against all the odds, the Spanish side will be disappointed not to be taking a bigger advantage to Munich for the second leg. The Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel gave this reaction to his team's 3-1 first leg defeat at home to Real Madrid. We have to find our level back and I don't know where it is but uh, since national break the, the first half is a, is a, um, is a repetition of the, of the second half against Brentford and in a, in a quarter final against Real Madrid. Um, so far of our, our level in absolutely everything what the game demands that you, you cannot expect a result from this kind of performance. And uh, we have to get the things ready for Saturday and don't think about uh, Bernabeu today because on Saturday we face, we face Southampton and if we continue to play like this, we will not get a point there. There's been an important game in the English Premier League in the fight to avoid relegation. Maxwell Cornet scored the late winner as Burnley beat Everton 3-2 at Turf Moor. Despite the win, Sean Dyche, um, Burnley remained in the drop zone, third from the bottom, one point behind the Everton side they'd just beaten. It gets us back where we were kind of four games ago when we got back into where we wanted to be after a, a bad run. And then with the seven games when we performed and we, we looked more like ourselves um, and four losses and four, four where we hadn't scored. So we wanted to correct that. That was a, the first thing um, we did in patches. There's still more to come, there, but it's an edgy game. We know that. Um, but whatever way you look at it, it's a big three points. And now the weather. It will be fine and dry, hot in the afternoon, moderate east and northeasterly winds. The outlook remaining fine and dry in the next few days. Hot during the day. Winds will be weak and the visibility will be relatively low early next week. A few showers midweek next week. The temperature right now at the observatory is 26 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity, 54%. And that's the news from RTHK.